0: Introduction. To Name a New Society in the Making. What's in a name when it comes to judging the nature or character of a society, or determining the type of society it is? Such concerns count for more in modern social theory and modern politics than practical people might think. Perhaps we could dispense with debates over type names, over what feudal society or modern society really means. And move on to address concrete problems of real, always particular societies as they exist and change at definite times. Surely some names or classification schemes are less illuminating than others, and the invention of new labels for the contemporary human condition, from the technotronic age to the floodlit society, can turn into a parlor game, or the characteristic pastime of what one American writer several decades ago called the self conscious society. Still, almost any attempt at systematic social analysis depends on terms of comparison and contrast that require some kind of classification, and any effort to address the peculiarities of a special case will call for differentiating criteria that mark one society off from another. That is, the venture will depend to some extent on type. At times, such questions go far beyond the realm of punditry or the academy, and seem to carry some urgent political weight. At a memorable anti-war demonstration in 1965, a young radical leader, Paul Potter, asked his audience, What kind of system is it that fosters U.S. military escalation in Vietnam, southern segregation, new forms of bureaucratic domination in everyday life, and a soulless materialism? We must name that system, he concluded. We must name it, describe it, analyze it, understand it, and change it. In this sense, naming can be a contentious claim, and it may involve much more than a denotive convenience, assuring that speakers know they refer to the same or different things. Names imply an analysis or evaluation of things. They condition how we act toward, or what we expect from, a given state of affairs. And they carry with them a history of such ideas and sentiments. In social affairs, naming the system may be a scientific matter of defining the form and the dynamics of a society, but it's also likely to consist of fighting words. In this book, I examine some of the lively discussions throughout the 20th century regarding the appropriate name for the kind of highly developed industrial or post industrial societies that flourished in North America and Western Europe during that time. I examine writers, scholars, political advisors, Journalists and activists, ranging from Thorstein Veblen and his followers to the American New Left and beyond, including social scientists with a popular audience, such as Margaret Mead and Daniel Bell, and those best known for arcane theory, such as Talcott Parsons and Kenneth Arrow, aspiring power brokers, like the New Dealer Adolph Baerly, an outsider turned insider, like psychoanalyst Karen Horney, and in the aftermath of the main story, a Democratic Party strategist amid liberal decline, Robert Reich. I focus on the emergence and persistence of what I call the post-capitalist vision, a way of looking at contemporary Western societies and their logic of development that advanced one or more of the following arguments. These societies could not be understood, adequately or fully, as capitalist. They had assumed a new form, no longer limited to the characteristic structures and processes of capitalism the social salience of capitalist institutions was steadily declining, including the determining force of market processes, the authority or potency of business wealth, or even the efficacy of economics as the best way to understand or act on social affairs. The boldest form of this vision asserted that Western society had passed, or was about to pass, a boundary, taking it beyond capitalism to a profoundly different order. One hard to define, but likely to be more organized, more social, more service-oriented, and probably more egalitarian than a market society founded on accumulated private property. Not all of the writers or approaches I discuss here went that far. Only a few explicitly used the term post-capitalist society, and others sought to disassociate themselves from so definite a diagnosis.